Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 9. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. If you search for me, now here's the operative word, with all your heart. You see, a lot of people don't search for him with all their heart. They search for him with half their heart, but they don't search for him with all of their heart. Because I'll tell you, if you search for him with all of your heart, you will find him. Say amen, saints. You will find him. He's not lost. You are. And you'll find him if you search for him. Very important, persistence. God loves us to come, and God loves persistence. And he saw this; these two blind men, they came, and they were persistent. And then notice Jesus told them, and this is interesting, he says, don't tell anybody. Jesus healed them, and he said, don't tell anybody. And as soon as the guys got out the front door, they were disobedient, healed people. Because they told everybody. Now, you got to understand something here. They have just had a radical thing happen to their lives. These guys have never seen anything. They have never seen the mountains. They've never seen Mount Hermon. They've never seen the Sea of Galilee. They've never seen the grass, the dirt, the sky, the sun. They have never seen any of these things. Perhaps they had a girlfriend. They never saw her. Their mom, their dad, their brothers, their sisters. They never seen food. They never seen anything. So when Jesus gave them sight, these guys were radically changed, radically different, And they couldn't help but tell somebody. You see, there is something valuable and there are some things in life, listen and listen close, there are some things in life that are too important to keep secret. There's some things in life that are too important to keep it quiet. And so these guys, they had to go tell someone. You know, we see a good movie. And we come right out of the theater on a cell phone. Girl, you got to come and say, oh, I'm telling you, I'm just leaving the movie. This is awesome. Some things are so important, they have to get out there. You know, I'm, I'm standing at the, um, at, at the gas station down here the other day, and, and I'm, I'm pumping my gas, you know, from my car. And uh, this guy walks up to me, and he goes, hey, how you doing? And he's, like, all friendly and everything, you know. And, like, like I'm, I'm a friendly guy, too. So, I mean, this is all good. And, you know, he's all friendly. Hey, man, how you doing? And, and he comes up, and he's talking. I'm pumping my gas, you know, and I'm, like, running over gas money. I don't have the money, but okay, fine. And, and you know, the guy, he's like, hey, how you doing? I said, I'm fine. How, how are you? Well, what you doing? And I said, uh, pumping my gas. And he says, 
Oh, yeah, well, well, I mean, you live around here? I mean, where you from and all this? And I'm going, hey, man, you're getting a little personal, ain't you, dude? I mean, you know, you need to back up off me, you know, get him back in my space here, you know. And he's just going on and on, really, really nice guy. I mean, just really, really nice. And, and, and then he started telling me, he says, oh, so he said, uh, well, well, hey, you know, would you, would you, are you interested to make a little bit more money? Now, this guy's into this the, the network. Um, things, you know, I don't, what do I have, chump written on my head or something like that? I mean, I run into these guys all the time. It happened to me at the supermarket. I'm right by the baked beans. This guy comes up and he's, hey, how you doing? I mean, what, I got chump, like, hey, I got my chump, you know. So he goes, you know, well, would you like to make a little bit more money? And I said to him, I said, um, and you guys know I like to have fun, okay? So I said to him, I said, nah. And he's looking at me like I got six heads. He's like, huh? I mean, you don't want to make any, would you like to have a little extra money? I said, nah, not really. He goes, well, may I ask why? I said, well, oh, let me tell you, I got to tell you something, okay? Come close, come close. He's like, really? What, what? I said, my father owns everything. <laughs> and he goes, What? I said, no, ma'am, really, my father owns everything. He owns this gas station. And he goes, what? I said, yeah, everything. I mean, I have more money than I'm telling you, man, I got more than I need. I can throw some away. And he goes, okay, see you later. Thank you. <laughs> Jesus freak, Jesus freak, see you later. You know, the guy walks away. But, you know, you got to admire the guy because there are some things, whether you're a little bit off center or not, there are some things that are so important that you must share them and you should share them. And the gospel of Jesus Christ, I don't know about you, but the gospel of Jesus Christ is the most important message ever known to men that must be shared. Amen, saints? And it's so important that you need to share it. So these guys are like, they can't help themselves. They can't help it. Jesus said, don't tell anybody. And they go out and tell everybody. Oh, I'm not encouraging you to be disobedient. Say man, if you know what I mean, all right? But what I am saying is that there are messages and things that are so important that we must share them. Jesus said, don't tell anybody. They told everybody. The interesting thing about it is Jesus tells us to go tell everybody and we tell nobody. Isn't it true? Jesus says, don't go, go tell everybody, go tell the world, go into the world and make disciples, go tell them of the goodness of God, go tell them of what Jesus has done in your life, go show them how he has radically changed your life. And we don't tell anybody. Amazing. And then notice the mute speaks in verse 32 through 34, the blind man. And these two men, so they went out and they brought to him, and this is a very natural thing. They brought to him a mute man, demon possessed. And Jesus cast the demon out and the man spoke and the people said, wow, we've never seen anything like this before. Now get this. Why did they say that? Because in Jewish thought, in Jewish understanding, get this, in Jewish understanding of demon possession, this man, this mute man, could not be helped. You see, the rabbis taught you could not cast out a demon until the demon told you its name. And so the demon that made this man mute could never tell you its name because 
because the man was mute. And therefore, in this particular case, the rabbis believe this man was beyond help. And isn't it interesting how Jesus just comes along and just with a word. He just looses the man's tongue and the man just started speaking. And I bet you that man just kept talking and 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 talking. He probably uses 50,000 words in 10 minutes. He's like, oh, yeah, he was just talking. Jesus is always destroying the traditions of men, obliterating them. This was no problem. And that is why they said, we have never seen this in Israel. But did you notice when the man, the blind man, they received their sight? Very natural. What did they do? They went out and told their buddy. And they brought their buddy to Jesus. I'm sure they were thinking, well, look, now, if Jesus could give us sight, then most certainly he can cause our friend to speak. He's able to do that. That is so natural. That is so supernaturally natural. When Jesus does a work in your life, you know the natural thing to do is to go tell other people. Now, people write books on church growth and how to grow your church in 30 days. This is Church Growth 101 right here. Church Growth 101 is when God has done a work in your life, when God has done a work by his word and by his power, you know what you do? You just go out and tell other people. That's how this church grew. And we, we never had a billboard out on 440, come to Calvary with me and Elvira's picture on it and all that, you know. And I'm not saying it's all bad. I'm just saying we wouldn't look good on a bill, big billboard. I got pimples and stuff, and they would show. I mean, you know. We never did any of that. We didn't have any advertisement and all of this stuff. Every person in this room pretty much would, would, would probably say, if we were to ask, that someone brought you to, to this church. Someone told you about this church, with the exception of the radio broadcast now, where people are hearing the message on the radio and coming to the church. But for the most part, all of you in this room have been invited by someone. Someone said to you, come and see what God is doing. The word of God is being preached and the power of God is moving among the people and you need to come and see. Is this not a natural, very natural thing for the blind man to be healed and go tell his mute buddy, hey man, come with me. You got to come see Jesus. You got to come see this man. That's just natural. It just happens. And when he came to Jesus, Jesus healed the man. And it amazes me. In the midst of all of this ministry, in the midst of all that God is doing and all the excitement and people are being healed and diseases are are being healed and, and people are being forgiven, the religious folks are standing in the back, tapping their foot, and, and, and criticizing and saying that Jesus is doing this work by the power of the devil. Now, this is, are you a note taker in your Bible? Write the word blasphemy. Matter of fact, write the word ultimate blasphemy. Blasphemy is not necessarily when you say a curse word, which you know I do not recommend. Many people go, oh, you blasphemed? Well, not really. But this is blasphemy when you attribute the work of God to the devil. This is the ultimate, ultimate blasphemy to say that Jesus is empowered by Satan. And what I do find interesting 
is that Jesus never even responded to that. It goes on to say, verse 35, Jesus, he went about all the cities and the villages. Sometimes it's not time to answer ridiculous statements. Jesus just went on doing the ministry. Doing the ministry in the Galilee, in the area of the Galilee. And he's going about doing three things, preaching, teaching, and healing. And as Jesus was doing the work of the ministry, he took the time to see the multitudes. And when he saw the multitudes, the Bible says he was moved with compassion. In the Greek language, this word compassion is a Greek word, splakadea. And that sounds like something you cough up, doesn't it? Splakadea. It sounds like something you get. It's disgusting. I mean, it's a disgusting word. It really is. But this word actually refers to your intestines or your bowels. This verse could read, Jesus could have said, it could have said, he was moved in his intestines, which that would give a whole new meaning for us now, wouldn't it? He was moved in his intestines. You see, it refers to the deep-seated area of the emotion. We might say the gut feeling. In the Jewish culture and in that culture of that day, actually, they felt like the center of your emotions and center of your being was in your bowels area. And we've even seen people who were in horrible grief and pain. And you ever see somebody that's crying so hard and weeping so hard and sorrowing that they grab their stomach and they bend over and they just weep? Well, we still kind of do that, kind of naturally, isn't it kind of weird? But, but they, they, they felt that the area of the emotion, the deep-seated place of emotion, was in this area of the vows. And Jesus was moved with compassion because he saw the vast multitudes that they were shepherdless. Did you see that? Jesus looked out and he saw they were in a bad way. They were weary and scattered. This word scattered is ripto, R-I-T-O. You guessed it. It means they were ripped and torn and strangled and mangled and exhausted and helpless. You see, Jesus had compassion on them. And he didn't have pity on them. Pity is a different word in the Greek language. He had compassion on them. Someone once said, pity weeps and walks away. Compassion comes to help and stay. And that's Jesus. Oh, doesn't it beg the question, do we have compassion on people? Do we have compassion on people? You know, if we're going to do what Jesus did, we talk about doing what Jesus did. And what would Jesus do? If we're going to do what Jesus did, then we're going to have to weep at what makes him weep and feel what he feels and be broken with the things that he has been broken with and the things that break his heart. You know, the Bible says that God so loved the world. God so loved the world. Jesus loved and had compassion on the entire world. Every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, Jesus had compassion on them. And you know, I got to tell you something on a personal note. I told him the first two services, the more I grow in the Lord and the more Pastor Rodney walks with the Lord and stays close to the Lord in the word of God, you know, two things that I have learned that I'm growing in, a work in progress, but two things that, that I'm growing in, that God has changed me radically. The more I know him and the more I study the word, two things happen. Number one, the less denominational I get. Say it to this side of the room. The less denominational I am. I don't care if you're Catholic, 
Presbyterian, Methobacterian, whatever it is that you are. I don't even care. I have learned and am learning and am growing to the place where I realize it's all about Jesus, baby. It is so all about Jesus. It's not about what the Baptists say, what the Catholics say, what the Methodists say, what the Presbyterians say. It's all about what Jesus has to say. And whatever he has to say and is in this word, I'm all for it. And whatever he does not say that's not in this word, I want nothing to do with it. It's not about denomination. The more you grow spiritually and you'll see you'll stop looking at people out of the corner of their eye I, I, i'm growing I, i'm not as denominational as i used to be it's not about calvary you know some people are calvary chapelites that's another denomination calvary chapelites i'm not a calvary chapelite i'm a jesusite amen all you ites people <laughs> and then secondly I'm growing in understanding that our Lord, our God, is a God of compassion. I, I love that about Jesus. Friday night, I got a phone call. And, and, and one of the brothers here in the church, and he actually goes to one of the Calvaries that we've planted in the area, he was in a terrible car accident. And, and, and praise God, the Spirit of God was, was encamped around about him, and God spared his life, and he got a very bad broken leg and whatever else. But praise God, we can praise God that he's alive. Amen? We can praise God for that. Man, we got in the operating room in the, in the ER, and we were just rejoicing. Thank you, Jesus. When the, the nurses are like, what are you thinking? The guy's leg is mangled. And we're like, oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And you know why? Because God spared his life. I'm looking for the blessings. I didn't focus on the bad stuff, you know? And, 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 and we, so we got that call. It was about 11.30, and, and I couldn't rest. And some brothers had gone to the hospital, and people were there praying. I couldn't rest. About 11.30, and I, I said to Elvira, she was sitting up. I said, honey, I, I, I got to go. I got to go over to the hospital. It was over at the, um, the Big Wake, Big, um, New Bern. Big Wake is New Bern, right? Big Wake. And so, you know, I said, honey, I got I to gotta go. And I, gotta, I can't rest until I do. I got to go and pray. And I said, hey, why don't you go with me? And she said, okay, I'm sure, let's go. And then Chanel was up, my daughter. And I said, hey, why don't you come and go with me? And she's like, okay. And because I don't like to travel at night because I'm scared. <laughs> Need my blankie. And so, you know, we got in the car and we're driving by and, and we're on the 440 and up on the 440. When you start getting up there near Capitol, there's the, the doll houses right there on the right, you know. And no, we didn't pull into the parking lot, y'all. OK, but you know where the doll house is, right? Yeah. Nobody ever acknowledges, you know, where it is. just because you know where it is doesn't mean you went in there. OK. All right. It, it's there off the foot. You can't miss it. OK, it's right there. I've never been in there, but I know it's there. Uh, never mind, whatever. So we're driving by the, the dollhouse, and my, and my daughter looks at it, and she says, um, man, she goes, that's such a, the parking lot was packed. And she said, oh, man, Dad, that's a shame. And I had, you know, like a ministry moment, you know, like a family ministry moment. And I said, you know, I said, you know, Jesus died for that girl who's dancing in that dollhouse. I said, you know, Jesus died for the guy who's mixing the drinks in the dollhouse. Jesus died for the parking lot attendant, the valet guy who is taking the tickets in the dollhouse. Jesus died to save sinners like me and like you. Unless we never, ever forget, Jesus pulled you out of a horrible pit 
We were all, look, if it were not for God, I might be the one in the dollhouse. If it were not for God, I might be taking tickets or mixing the drinks or whatever it might be. Jesus pulled all of us out of a horrible pit. And may we never forget, we get so spiritual that we forget that that God saved us and God needs to save them. Amen? We need to remember that, that Jesus reached down and picked me up out of a pit. And I could, that could be me. And so what I'm learning is, Rodney, be compassionate on people. Be compassionate on people. Jesus would reach out to those people. Jesus would love those people. And we need to be people to continue to grow and be compassionate, just like Jesus. And never forget, you know, it's amazing how your sin always looks worse on somebody else. That's another sermon. But we won't go there. Be compassionate. Jesus loved people, and he always looked to minister to people. He had compassion on them, and then he looked at his disciples, and he said, Fellas, he said, listen, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. No problem with the harvest. The the problem is with the laborers. And Jesus is simply saying this. Listen, there's a lot of people who have yet to hear the gospel. There's a lot of people who have yet to hear the gospel, and we need to take the gospel to them. And no, it's not Pastor Rodney's job, and no, it's not any one person's job. It's all of our job to take the gospel to the world, to take the gospel to our neighbor. Can we start right there? And, you know, people come to me and say, oh, Pastor Rodney, I feel like God's calling me to the mission field, calling me to go overseas to Africa and share the good news of the gospel. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, man, that's great. Well, let me ask you a question. Hey, does the guy at work, does he know you're a Christian? You ever share the gospel with him? Well, no. Oh, what about your neighbor, dude? Do they know that you're, you guys are Christians? Have you ever shared the gospel with them? Well, no. Well, what about the guy that, you know, you play golf with and you're sinking a couple of holes with? Uh, do, do, do you ever share the gospel with him while you're out there, like, swinging a few, you know? No. Well, well then what makes me to believe that you're going to go to Africa and become super missionary? You know, break out a big M on your chest. I'm going to save all of Africa. What makes me believe that? If you can't share the gospel with your neighbor across the street, how are you going to share the gospel with someone across the world? The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And I'm convinced that Jesus, someday there's a responsibility for us to share the gospel, you guys. There's a responsibility to take the gospel to the world. Let me just read you something in closing. It's called the letter. Listen and listen carefully, would you? It says, my friend, I stand in judgment now and feel that you're the blame somehow. While on this earth, I walk with you day by day and never did you point the way. You knew the Lord in truth and glory, but never did you tell the story. My knowledge then was very dim. You could have led me safe to him. Though we live together here on earth, you never told me of your second birth. And now I stand this day condemned because you failed to mention him. You taught me many things, that's true. I called you friend and trusted you. But I've learned now that it's too late. You could have kept me from this fate. We walk by day and talk by night, and yet you showed me not the light. You let me live and love and die. And all the while, you knew I'd never live on high. I called you friend in life, and I trusted you in joy and strife. And yet, in coming to this end, I see you really weren't my friend. Real friends tell people the truth. There are people who are dropping like flies and going to hell, a place of outer darkness and eternal torment. 
Jesus died. You know, someone once called it a devil's hell. It is a devil's hell because it wasn't created for people. It was created for the devil and his angels. But people are dying and going there. And Jesus is moved with splacanea because he says the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are so few. People don't tell people about Jesus anymore. Don't ever stop. Don't ever stop. Continue to tell people this is the greatest, glorious news of the gospel ever to land on the ears of men. And may we as God's people be faithful to say like Isaiah said, Lord, I see you high and lifted up. And the Lord said, who will I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah said, Lord, here am I. Send me. Father, send us. Lord Jesus, send us. May we have that urgency and desire for you to use us for your glory. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.